I feel like they really should have called this Persistent Prayer Sunday. The theme of the readings for this weekend is pretty clear. Persistence in prayer pays off. Abraham pesters God into sparing the city of Sodom if ten innocent people are found there. Jesus teaches his disciples that if you keep knocking, God will give you whatever you want. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Persistence in prayer pays off. And isn't that really what prayer is all about? The payoff. The big jackpot where God opens the treasuries of heaven, gives us whatever we want, makes all of our problems go away. Isn't that what prayer is all about? Well, no, of course not. Of course not. Do you ever watch what passes for most religious television programming? God's got a toll-free number. I mean, listen to some of those preachers. God's going to make all your troubles go away. And how? By rewarding your generosity. Make a big old donation and watch how fast God gives you whatever you want. There is a particular brand of Buddhism that was very popular in the U.S. back in the 1980s and is still around today that teaches enchanting for whatever you wanted or needed. So all over the country, people were chanting for new cars, chanting for more money, chanting for all kinds of things. Very persistent. But it doesn't really fit with what we believe about prayer. There are two popular versions of prayer that we see all the time on social media today that I find more than a little problematic. One is the notorious thoughts and prayers. Our thoughts and prayers are with the victims of our latest mass shooting. Most people recognize that these thoughts and prayers are empty words because they aren't usually followed up with actions to relieve our neighbor's suffering or to take the steps necessary to change our laws, our culture, or ourselves in ways that might prevent such suffering in the future. Another popular version that I see all the time online is the vacuous, I'm sending you good vibes. Have you seen this? I see it all the time. Sending you positive energy, as if my good intentions are enough. And I don't want to say that I'm actually praying because then people might think I'm religious. These folks somehow think that prayer is too woo-woo and unscientific, but their supposed vibes or energies are a real thing that can affect situations and people in the real world. I mean, I, I appreciate the good intentions, but honestly, I'd be happier with just a little actual prayer. I suspect that most of us probably know that prayer isn't really about getting goodies from God. Prayer is about communication and relationship with God. And it's that communication and that pursuit of relationship where we need to be persistent. Not because we're hoping for the big payoff, but because we want to draw closer to God who loves us and listen to discern God's will for our lives. So let's look at a couple of those readings again. Abraham is persistent, but what is he asking for? This isn't merely a plea bargain. After all, I mean, Abraham himself wasn't the one facing God's wrath. Abraham is asking God to spare the innocent. He's asking for justice. 
And so he's asking for God to be true to who God is. If God is just, then the innocent won't be destroyed along with the guilty. So this isn't asking for a favor. It's a plea for God to be true and consistent and just. Notice that this isn't really a negotiation either, although it looks that way at first, because Abraham keeps changing the numbers, but God's response is absolutely consistent throughout. So there's no compromise and meeting in the middle. Abraham brings the numbers down, and God is consistent all the way through. In the gospel, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. It seems interesting that this wasn't already on his agenda, but he waits for them to ask the question. And when you think about it, as they ask, Lord, teach us to pray, they are already praying. And when he finally tells them how to pray, he begins, like Abraham, with an acknowledgement of who God is. Your name is holy. And from that point on, all the things mentioned in the Lord's Prayer are things that we need, not just things that we want. We need for God's reign to begin, for our lives and our world to draw closer to God's will every day. We need our daily bread, not a sumptuous banquet, not enough to last the rest of the year. Give us enough bread for today. Forgive our sins. Help us forgive each other and hold us accountable when we don't. And save us from times of trial. These are all things that we need and not just things that we want. In the parable that follows with the pesky neighbor in the middle of the night, he's given what he needs, not just what he wants. And at the end of this gospel passage, the father gives his children what they need and not just what they want. Now, if you've ever raised children, or if you have been a child yourself, you know that children want things that aren't always what they need. So consider if the request and the response were reversed. Which of you would give your child a scorpion if he asked for a scorpion? Sometimes we want the wrong things. Pray not for what you want, but for what you need. Now, I will be the first to admit that I'm sometimes a little fuzzy on the whole need-want thing. Being a member of a religious order, most of my material needs are pretty well taken care of, and I'm grateful for that. But that sometimes leaves a little extra room for my wants to overreach themselves. And of course, not all life's needs are material. So there's still plenty for me to pray about. The bottom line is this. When the disciples ask how to pray, Jesus tells them to pray for what they need. The problem is we don't always understand what we need. Life is complex, and we see from only one perspective. And my needs may at some point be in conflict with someone else's needs. So when we pray, we also have to trust that God, who is just and loving, will give us what we truly need and not just what we want or what we think we need. So our persistence in prayer cannot be simply to manipulate God into doing our will, but must change us 
and help us discern what God wants for us. And then give us the courage to align our will with God's will.